Adam Perkins, NVI. Also with the Permian Basin Pipeliners Association, I apologize if I did not speak that correctly because I do not have my notes in front of me. It's one of those mornings. Mr. Adam Perkins, I appreciate you coming on, uh, talking a little bit about what's going on down there in the southern part of the United States. You're in Louisiana. You've got a lot of people down in Texas. Of course, you're the president of the uh, Permian Pipeliners Association. So first of all, uh, correct me, did I get the name right on the pipeliners? Yes. Okay. Well, it, it's, uh, it's the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners. Thank you. Don't feel, bad. Don't, don't feel too bad. I get it mixed up all the time, too. Yeah, and I, and I do feel bad about that because there's a lot of people that get got paid a lot of money through the years to really make sure that that name was was correct because you know councils mean certain things associations mean certain things uh you know as far as tax codes and whether you get government money etc so i apologize but i did want to just point out a couple things number one you are uh with the uh, permian basin association of pipeliners but also you have a private company too uh talk to me a little bit about your private company and uh, what you guys do in the oil field Yes, I, I work for NVI, which is, stands for Non-Destructive Visual uh, Inspection. Um, basically, what we do is we inspect uh, the welds as they're being put together on the pipeline. And there's a lot of other things we do. We uh, asset integrity on older facilities and pipelines. Uh, we'll go in there and we actually make sure the, the pipe and the welds are, are uh, up to code. And one of the reasons why we wanted to talk today was we wanted to use this ice storm in Texas and the winter storm across shale play USA um, for a teachable moment. You know, I, I look at it as it's very easy to point fingers right now, especially at that awesome photograph of the wind turbine getting sprayed by a helicopter is just absolutely fantastic of a picture speaks a thousand words and there'll be plenty of time for the combatment of, of those types of things. But right now we wanted to bring on the president to just kind of talk a little bit, like I said, a real teachable moment to let people understand why pipelines are actually deemed critical by the federal government. I, I know that it doesn't seem like it right now with the executive orders and some of the rhetoric being mentioned in the mainstream media, or traditional media, I don't want to call it mainstream media, traditional media uh, or old school media. And so uh, Mr. Perkins Talk to me a little bit about pipelines and, you know, just remind some people with some of the basics why pipelines are considered critical. Yeah, thank you, uh, Jason. Um, so, you know, pipelines are really critical. You know, just let's look out in West Texas right now, what's going on with the, all the roads freezing and everything. Uh, if we solely depended on truck and rail uh, to transport our, our crude oil and our gas, uh, we'd be at a standstill. You know, right now, I think there's very limited driving out there in West Texas, you know, and even in the South uh, Texas and South Louisiana, you know, up north, a lot of these roads, they're conditioned. They have the, the people that, that come out there and salt the roads and, and keep them from icing. But down here in the South, where we're not used to this cold weather, you know, where a lot of our petroleum products are transported, uh, you know, through pipeline or gas or, or gas or by truck. You know, when they close the roads down, we can't transport that, that those uh, those materials. And so we can't get the product to uh, where it needs to go to get refined so that we can either, one, heat our homes or, two, uh, have fuel for our vehicles. Um, with pipelines, that doesn't really come into effect. You know, once the pipelines are laid, 
not much can stop that that crude oil or uh, natural gas from getting from point A to point B. So that's a you know it's another real reason why um, you know pipelines are so important to our, our nation. Now this is of course this is a pop quiz in, interview here because there's you know we haven't really prepped for this at all. It's more of a reaction type of an interview to what happened uh, with the ice storms and the winter storms. So uh, talk to me a little bit about the pipelines that you have in Texas. I, I mean, there's like th- hundreds of thousands or thousands of tens or something of pipelines in the United States. And I know Texas has got quite a few. And when I think of the amount of pipelines and how few leaks and spills and you mentioned that you you know you do investigative or whatever that was so i mean you're you're in day-to-day yeah. there talk to me about the integrity of the pipe because that's really what the protesters are, are are trying to say or the climate activists are trying to say is the issue when as we're trying to say actually the pipelines are safer so we need to educate you people a little bit more on this so do you, are you following me because i'm i'm I, yes. I didn't write my question down right so go ahead sorry no, no, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, um, yeah, Jason, you know, like you're saying, um, talking about the, the integrity of the pipe and the, and the pipelines, you know, when a, when a pipeline's laid, there's a, a lot that goes into it. It's not just two guys sitting there screwing two pieces of pipe together, putting it in the ground and letting it go. Um, you know, the, the integrity of the steel from the manufacturer is tested. And then that also follows that piece of steel each where, everywhere it goes. There's numbers that are laid out, so we know, you know, if there is a failure or a bad batch, it has been tested before it's even been put into service. So a lot of times those things are caught on the front end before we have an issue. You know, now look, like anything else, there's going to be incidents, you know, um, and, you know, with the pipelines, there's so many valves that are put into that line so that there is an incident. It's shut off as quickly as possible. Jason, you know there's almost 480,000 miles of pipeline just in Texas. You know, that comes, that equates to about one-sixth of the pipelines throughout the entire United States. You know, I, I don't know the exact number of, of gallons or barrels of, of oil that's been spilt from a pipeline, but I'm sure it's very limited. Well, when you consider, too, you know, during the Play Hard, Work Hard morning show, we don't do any math in the first hour during the play hard portion but we're in the work hard portion and that's by the way that's 2.5 billion feet so i can do the math on that 5,280 feet times 480,000 2.5 billion feet of pipeline and when you think about at a time when people need that to get to homes and get to gas you know in cars and etc what you mentioned though about the flow of energy to get it to the refineries that's what really why I wanted to bring you on today was because right now is a really good teachable moment to not only use that photo that's just, you know, the, the helicopter, you know, using some sort of petroleum chemical to de-ice the, the wind turbine so it can work, um, yeah. is, is to point out that, listen, at the end of the day, we need something that's called everyday energy, whether you call it all of the above, whether you call it a diverse portfolio we're going to have Jason Modlin on a little bit later with the Texas Energy Alliance to talk about, hey, this is, you know, we need all forms of energy. Well, my good sir, appreciate you coming on and giving us some teachable moments here this morning for the industry to go yeah. out and have some 
Well, there's going to be a lot of conversation. You know that. There's going to be a lot of oh, social yeah. shaming, a lot of arguing and, and back and forth, back and forth. But at the end of the day, I think that as a – I've been saying that, listen, man, we work in oil and gla- – listen, man, we work in oil and gas, so we have class. So we're going to go out and we're going to use this as a teachable moment instead of doing the shaming and everything else. So I appreciate yep. you coming on and being a leader being somebody to talk about, you know, let's explain why we need energy right now instead of saying, see, I told you so. We can still do that. There's plenty of time for that, but we need to have some teachable moments too. So I appreciate you coming on and doing that. So how can people, you know, become a member of the Permian Basin uh, Pipeliners Association? Association of Uh, Pipeliners. Yes, so so you can go to our website. It is uh, permianbasinap.org. And... um, Really, all the information is there. Uh, you know, our organization is built to really uh, raise money for education. Uh, we give scholarships out. Uh, we also donate back to the, the, the city of Midland and Odessa and surrounding areas. I think last year we gave back uh, to the colleges over 50000 It might even be closer to 70000 That's what we did last year. Um, so we're looking, hopefully, we can get close to that number this year. You know, 2020 was a rough year for everybody, including the organization. Um, so we're really trying to stretch out this year. Um, we've actually we've actually inputted a uh, fourth uh, event. No, typically, we've been having two to three events to raise money. Uh, so we went ahead and we set up a um, barbecue cook-off that we're actually going to have on March 11th at the Ector County Coliseum in Odessa, Texas. Uh, along with, uh, we have a golf tournament in June. Uh, clay shoot, I think September, and then in October we have a. Um, we're looking at having a team roping event. Uh, so we've we've got a couple things coming up. Uh, we have a monthly meeting every third Thursday of the month. Uh, we actually canceled this one for this week due to the weather, so we pushed it to next Thursday, which I believe is the 25th. Uh, but moving forward, we'll have one every third Thursday of the month. Um, and Jason, man, I, I just wanted to let you know I really appreciate you reaching out to me this morning. Uh, to do this little interview. Um, and one thing I would challenge your, your listeners, and, and most of them I'm assuming probably know, but what I would challenge them to do is to, you know, look up, there's, there's all kinds of information out there on, you know, when we talk about it within our industry, people that work in the industry, we just talk about oil and gas. We don't really tell everybody about all the byproducts that oil and gas brings to, to our country. And, and it's mostly because most of us already know, and we take for granted that a lot of other people don't, that, that a lot of people already know that. Um, but what I would challenge your listeners to do is to, to share that information with people, you know, whether it's posting something on Facebook or LinkedIn or Snapchat or any one of the other uh, social medias, um, or even just, you know, hand flyers. I don't know. We got, we've got to, we really have to educate the, the general uh, public on what we do and what our products serve as a as serve to us for, you know, everyday use. 